Hello and welcome to the next episode of Our Athletes. My name is Michael Rozeal and I'm the host of the show where I get to have conversations with the most amazing Olympic athletes and hopefuls on their story and path to the games. Today we have Olympic hopeful Nina Putrago. Nina is on USA Cycling. She is in the BMX free style. Um, so we're very excited. This is going to be in the Olympics in 2020. She is one of the pioneers for the sport. She has been around in the sport for a very long time. She started competing in like 2004 uh, and eventually when it was named to the Olympics, she started uh, joining Team USA. She joined Team USA in 2016. She's hopeful for 2020. She was one of the first female BMX freestyle riders to be um, represented, to be sponsored, which is incredible. And just getting to hear her story and how long she's been doing it. Now the opportunity to show her sport to the entire world in 2020. So very, very excited about that. So without further ado, here is Nina Butrago. All right. Today's special guest, Nina Butrago of USA Cycling, Olympic hopeful 2020, born June 14th, 1981 from Port Washington, New York, starting riding bikes, uh, BMX bikes around the age of 19, but she did use training wheels a little bit before that. We'll get to that story. Started competing uh, about a year later and in 2004 when it got just a little bit hotter and money started to get involved, 2006, 2007 timeframe, which is always really interesting. So we're, we're happy about that. Um, joined Team USA Cycling in 2016 and is, as I said, a 2020 Olympic hopeful. Nina, thank you so much for hanging out with me today. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me. No, believe me, the pleasure is mine. I'm not going to the Olympics anytime soon. You have a pretty good shot. So, I mean, I might be there as media. If this thing keeps rocking, like, let, let's, let's roll with it. But until then, uh, Nina, um, again, thank you so much. We already have been able to talk for a little bit, so I feel like we're already best friends. But we got to have to go over some of it um, again. Uh, if you don't mind, I mean, take us Take us back to the beginning. Um, you can start at training wheels or you can start at the BMX, uh, the, the dirt, the dirt trails, wherever you'd like. Okay. Well, uh, I guess, you know, just being a little kid, other kids in the neighborhood started riding little bicycles and I eventually wanted to ride too. Um, I had a bike with training wheels. I'll never forget the first time my dad just like let go of the back of my seat on the bike without training wheels and I just took off riding and yeah, it's uh, been a crazy journey since I didn't really pursue I always wish I like would have started I would have found BMX freestyle when I was that age mm-hmm. when I was probably like four or five I rode without training wheels but I want to say yeah I was pretty bad at skateboarding needed a better way to get around and around the end of high school I met some BMX riders uh, that came from my hometown there's some friends and I saw them ride the dirt jumps that they had built and I just wanted I couldn't pass it I just looked so awesome you know they always make it look so easy yeah I watched a couple of your videos and you did make it look very very easy so um I don't even honestly remember the last time I rode a bike so I won't try any of that anytime soon I promise you um because then it can't be your fault but really uh keep doing your thing it is absolutely fantastic um so with with riding BMX. I mean, I guess like one thing I definitely want to get into a little bit, like what exactly is BMX freestyle? It's kind of like, was that like, there's a famous quote, like, I don't know, I can't tell you what it is, but I know it when I see it. Like, and there's an interesting word that goes along with that quote, but we won't get into that. But what, like, what is BMX freestyle and how would you define it and maybe compare or contrast it to some of the other disciplines that we see? Gotcha. So a lot of people, when I say BMX freestyle, they're like, oh, like racing? And I was like, so BMX freestyle, uh, BMX stands for bicycle motocross. Okay, um, racing came first. You know, and that's like you know, you race around a track trying to beat the clock, and then eventually, you know, 
people get a little bored and then we start having fun and, you know, trying to jump over stuff and just have fun with it. And that it became freestyle. So, uh, which is doing tricks and now there's more, uh, specific to freestyle places we know them as skate parks or ramp parks um and so to get people who might not know what bmx freestyle is to understand what i'm talking about i usually say you know you see like the little kids bikes that do tricks on ramps like kind of like skateboarding on ramps but bikes that do tricks on ramps I, that's like as basic as, <laughs> as i can describe it but yeah i that's, love it so you were, you were telling me a little bit before, so there's like a couple, so we can go down to BMX freestyle and then there's like a couple little, I don't know if we call it disciplines, dialects, whatever we want. We have trail riders, we have park riders, we have street riders. Tell us a little bit about kind of like the different like subcultures, I guess, of BMX freestyle bike riding. Yeah. So with, within freestyle, there's a couple different disciplines. We have uh, dirt jumping, you know, a lot of the, we call them trail riders. Uh, it's when people build their own jumps or even some cities have public jumps, that, you know, uh, or designated areas where people can maintain and work on their own jumps. Um, it's, it looks like a track, you know, like if you don't know what you're looking at, it looks like a mm -hmm. track with a bunch of humps and people can go, uh, progress at their own levels. Usually there's a couple different, um, lines or trails that you can take. Um, so yeah, as you have the trail riders, uh, and that's super fun. A lot of people who get into freestyle, usually start off racing. And again, like, that's another way to, you know, whole different set of goals. Uh, you know, freestyle didn't, doesn't have the structure that racing has. You know, it's really whatever you want to make of it. You know, you can go as high as you want and go as slow as you want. Really no rules. Um, so then other types of riding besides the trails, we have street riding, which um, is very popular. Just like skateboarding out in the streets, it's you're trying to find stuff that you can do tricks on. Usually man-made structures in big cities, they always have a lot of fun stuff. Um, obstacles and things that look like something in a skate park, but you're, you're kind of just flowing around a city and exploring it differently on either your bike or your board. So we call that street riding. Um, then there's ramp riding. Um, there's a couple different types of ramps. You know, like some people like to ride the really big half pipe. We call that vert. Um, and then there's like the skate parks or bowls. A lot of people ride um, different styles. Like here in Austin, mm -hmm. Texas, we have a lot of bowls. So you get like a, and trail rider. So we get that kind of style oh they're from austin they must have the style of, mm -hmm. you know, they look like they're from austin you know even just the way they dress when they ride <laughs> you know so that's um, funny yeah there's a couple different there's a lot to it freestyle it's really tough to uh, it's a, just a very broad term mm -hmm. yeah, <laughs> yeah I'm not, that's the thing i don't i'm not trying to put anybody in a box like that's the one thing oh, i yeah. know you really don't want to do because it is such an interesting culture i have a really good friend of mine um he was actually ranked internationally as one of the best uh, freestyle skateboarders which was very interesting in freestyle skateboarding it was just like him and the ground and we're like all right jesse go do your thing and like we would just sit there and watch him and like it was the coolest thing in the world because he didn't need anything like he could just be and like just do all his tricks so it was always so fun um and yeah there, there's definitely like a really interesting culture which i think is awesome and then as you said like there's already these other subsects like oh you're from austin so we kind of not not to put you again in a box but like we can kind of tell like you kind of know some of these things which i think is really interesting which is a testament to the the uh the sport and uh and, and yeah again just going back to that word culture i think that's uh, really really cool um so as we said you started you started at 19. There's a little interesting story around that with the dirt. Like, could you actually tell that? You told it to me before how your cousins from Queens, then they ended up coming back to Long Island. 
And then that's uh, when you yeah. actually get to like, like, yeah, wait so, a second, you've been here the whole time kind of thing? Yeah, so um, my parents were remarried. So I had spent weekends with my dad in Queens, but I grew up on Long Island with my mom. You know, my mom wanted me to have like go to nice schools and all yeah, that. Yeah, so yeah. we just were in a different place. And so um, my friends from Queens are out in my hometown. I've never seen them anywhere besides like over there, you know, so they're over here in my hometown. And I, there, it's just them and their bikes. And I was like, Oh, like, what are you guys doing here? Like, how'd you get here? Like no car. I'm looking around I'm really confused. They're like, Oh, we're just took, took our bikes on the train. We're heading over to these dirt jumps. I'm like, dirt jumps. What are you talking about? Like I've lived in this town my whole life. How do I not know about something that sounds so cool? And they're like, all right, all right. Like you can live us. So you know, I go with them and I see them ride these jumps. They've built their own like, track i guess is the best way like i don't know that was what i described it to anyone else <laughs> not knowing what they're looking at um they had they built their own like little oasis they had their own barbecue grill they had like this like this secret place where they just went and rode their bikes and it was like just like friends and people would come visit from all reaches of like long island new jersey like tri-state area people would come out to ride these jumps and it was in my hometown i was like oh my gosh so watching these guys fly through the air, I was like, man, they make it look really easy. Like after watching it for a little while, I thought, oh my gosh, I like, I think I can do this. Like I really want to do this, but I was kind of shy. Like, oh, I was like, do this. And just relentlessly like bug them about it. And finally was like, yo, I'm going to buy a bike. Like I've been saving and like, tell me how I can go about this. Like, where can I get one? And so someone finally got a new bike for Christmas and I bought their old setup. So. There you go. That's all it yeah. takes. I mean, it's just so like, seriously, like one thing I've found with a lot of just, just incredible, incredible athletes is like, there's this weird, almost random event that happens. Like, what are the chances? Like, what if you didn't see your friends that day? What if it was a train ride or you were one stop later or this, that, or the other thing. And like, maybe you never saw them that day. And then like, it, you know, the, the, the fork uh, just went completely the other way. And I just think it's so cool that like, just something so random. And like, what if, what if, your dad didn't move to that town or, or just there's so many possible things that couldn't happen, but it did. And it led us here just for you to hang out with some guy on the internet one night while he asked you questions, like how much better could it get Nina? Right. How much better could it get? Um, so tell us a little bit. I know. Um, so then, as I said, so you started around 19, you started riding BMX um, and then you started, I guess, competing. You almost like a year later, you said is when you were just like, you know what, screw it. Let's see what happens. So as you told me the, the, the female, and as you even just said, like the, the female part of BMX freestyle really never like, wasn't really even there. Was it like almost non-existent if I, if I'm okay with saying that, like, what was it like being the only girl going into some of these men's competitions? And I guess, tell us like what those first few were, were like when it's kind of just like you versus a bunch of guys. Yeah. So I never wanted to believe any of the guys. I just figured like, oh, like, and this is before we had social media. Yeah, this is yeah. like early 2000s, you know? So, I mean, it's just word of mouth at that point. Like if you heard about a thrill rider, it was like this mythical creature. Uh, yeah, like, it was like Bigfoot. Like, whoa, what is that? Is it real? We don't know. We never saw it. <laughs> yeah, like, oh, I don't know. Um, so anyway, so I, you know, just always want, you know, I'd even watch like some of my friends' old bike videos, you know, I was like, oh, they'd watch those to get, you know, stoked before they ride. I would watch them too. And there was like some of the old school riders had long hair and I used to pretend that they were girls. I'm like, somewhere out there in Europe, there's going to be some crazy like female shredder out there. Like it, they, there can't not be women that do that. Like if, I don't understand the reason why. Like, sure. Some of these guys can be rough on the edges, but I don't, I don't buy it. So I hung in there and then, yeah, I eventually, the first girl, my friends went to some skate park in New Jersey and they're like, you know, we found you a girl rider. And I was like, what? <laughs> yeah, right. I'm going to go, I'm going to make the trip and I'm going to get there. There's going to be one of you guys wearing a wig. Like at this point, I'd almost given up 
And uh, it was this girl, uh, her name is Stacy Mulligan. They built a skate park, it's an indoor park next to uh, a gymnastics camp that she grew up going to her whole life. And she, Curiosity killed the cat. She got into riding BMX and I went there and met her. She's, but she didn't tell her family she was riding BMX right away. And she was like borrowing bikes and like going mm-hmm. to ride whenever she could after practice. And so I show up full armor. Like we meet each other and she's in like a leotard with like no padding, like just a borrowed helmet that doesn't fit. And we're both like sizing each other up. Like you ride, <laughs> you know? Um, anyway, we ended up becoming like best friends, like going on road trips together. I think she's a bit younger, but like I even had to teach her how to pump gas. You know, she's coming from New Jersey. Like, oh yeah. We don't know how to pump gas. We don't. Yeah. <laughs> so I mean, it was just like an amazing friendship that happened and her and I kind of tried to like, you know, in our minds, take over the world. We're going to get all these girls to start riding bikes. And a few that we met, we made it a pact to like get to get and have like a jam, which is what we call it. Just bring everyone together like once a year and we pick a new skate park to host a, a gathering at. And so um, that was kind of like our, it fueled our soul because we don't always get to ride with other women. Mm-hmm. So that was really cool. And it, um, I think a lot of the guys started to see what we were doing and um, kind of encourage them to support any other girls that were curious that wanted to try riding bikes too. So they're like, Oh, like I, I met this girl, Nina, she rides. And like, you know, somehow through events or whatever, we'd go meet these other women. So anyway, then the contest thing, that was pretty cool because Stacy and I would just kind of barge into the AM class and ride against the guys. And there really wasn't any women specific events except for like our get togethers, which is mm-hmm. pretty cool. Um, but, and like, contests like we're like dude there's no way we're gonna beat the dudes you know but like let's just see how we're gonna do maybe next year we'll like see if we can beat our own score you know and so eventually like we had like five or six girls show up to one of the like annual events and um annual contests and they're like man like there's more and more of you we should just like offer you your own class we're like all right you know i was kind of like on the fence about it i'm like that sounds really cool but i kind of want to see if i can beat my score from last year against the guys, uh-huh, you know, uh-huh. like, so I started getting really competitive with like my own self and score and stuff. But, um, anyway, more girls started getting into riding and we started seeing, uh, you know, that happen where we were starting to get more opportunities, you know, offers for, to have our own category. And, um, in some cases I had to push for it, you know, some of the bigger contests, but, uh, with, you know, more attendance and just more interest, you know, all of our jams were working, we're growing and building community. It just kind of became the norm now. And uh, I mean, it wasn't, I'm not saying it was just overnight. It definitely took some yeah. years of fighting, but um, yeah, we went from having like one or two big contests a year um, until around, I'd say last year was like the biggest shift. We have like 45 events or something. It's crazy. Like wow. all these, women, these pro women are like barely home ever. You know, like we just, it's crazy. A lot of people are just on the road all year trying to collect points. Now that we're in our first Olympic cycle, mm-hmm. um, it's just been a wild journey because you don't want to say no. And it's an exciting time for women's BMX. There's just prize money, you know, like equal pay as men and a lot of other events besides the UCI stuff. So it's been, you know, the Bands BMX Pro Cup. Like it's, it's great coverage and opportunities and, 
all that is just it is, sorry. It is. No, no, no. I mean, it's something you're passionate about. One thing about me is I, my favorite thing in the world is a really good conversation, especially when I'm talking to someone who's super passionate about something and you can feel it and you can hear it. And luckily for me, I can see it and no one else can because this is just an audio platform. Um, but no, I, I love it. I will honestly let you ramble, not ramble. <laughs> That's a poor <laughs> choice of words. Um, I will let you uh, describe this literally all day because I thoroughly enjoy watching it and, and hearing it. So please, no, no problem at all. Um, with with that, uh, you you were telling me the story about your friend. I I didn't write his name down, but I wrote the good times. Was that included in that little story, or was that? Could you tell us a little bit about your friend? That was kind of when he started to realize like the the camp he had, and then bringing all the girls out, and then actually being able to run like something specifically for you. Yeah. So uh, so Stacy, the other girl rider, and I, mm-hmm, we mm-hmm. um we ended up shout out Stacy by the way. I really appreciate yeah. you for all this. Um, we ended up going to this action sports camp, uh, called Woodward camp. Um, and they have a bunch of ramps and they do like clinics. You can go skateboarding, BMX, uh, I think inline time gymnastics. Uh, anyway, so we both end up volunteering at this camp, really just getting to work there and stay there and work on our own stuff. It's really cool. Um, we meet Jamie Beswick, who's like a resident pro rider and he, um, had his own contest series called the good times contest. And after meeting us and riding with us at uh, one summer at camp, he was like, this is awesome. Do you think you could get, a, you know, X amount of girls to come out if I offer a women's category? And we were like, oh, my gosh, hell yeah. So we got on the horn and got all these women to show up. But it was in Columbus, Ohio in 2004, <laughs> you know, and um, it was great. Bill TV came out, gave us coverage, and, like, we saw a lot of female firsts in that contest. And, yeah, it was awesome. I think that's when a lot of the other – BMX pros were like, oh, damn, those are like stepping it up. This is awesome. It was super exciting, you know, especially for people who've been riding for a while. They hadn't seen that many girls in one spot go down. Yeah, yeah, that's the thing. Like, especially when you can get that, like, a, a legitimate event like that. Not to say the other ones weren't legitimate, but when you can get enough people and enough bigger names, especially obviously coming from the male side saying, like, hey, we're doing this, like, all the girls can come out like that. As you said, like getting on the horn, telling more and more people, you're going to, you're going to attract more and more. And then the, when you come out in force, people are going to notice that. Um, so I think that's really cool. I just, I really like that story. Um, but I think it's, it's really, uh, really fantastic. So to go along with your career, if I'm not mistaken, I read some there, you were the first woman to be sponsored for BMS freestyle. Is that true? Maybe. Uh, uh, the internet, well, I mean, they lie. Yeah. The internet lies. Let me just say that, Nina. It, it has <laughs> lied in the past. but I guess, that... um, yeah, I mean, I guess I, I had a lot of firsts. Um, I, it's tough. I guess I've been riding for so long, I almost forget. I'm sorry. Um, but, yeah, I, I guess I was. I, I, I rode for McNeil Bikes. Um, yeah, that that was like, okay, so the one of the first contests that, like major contests that I um, ever entered was uh, the Toronto Jam. It was the one Stacey and I was telling you about. They had an amateur class, and we would ride against the men. But it would sell out very quickly, so it was really tough to get a spot. And, you know, like we, there was no written rule, like no girls. We just tried to get in there, you know. We knew we were going to win this, but we definitely wanted to ride that course because they built a unique course every year. So anyway, there was a guy who organized it who had his own bike company, and he's a BMX legend. His name is Jay Muron. And... Uh, he used to give me a hard time when I showed up at his contest because I was a little like uneasy, like, is this cool? Like, I mean, we're here, we're going to ride, but I'm just like, you know, mm-hmm. nice to meet you. Trying not to fan out because I was a huge fan of his riding. You're like, girls can't ride bikes. It was like the record stop and I wanted to kill him. My friend had to hold me back, right? So 
um, we end up doing really well. Stacey and I over the years, like they could see our progression every year we try to enter this contest. And I think one year, like I tried sending the double king to handrail and like no one really ever seen a guy, you know, a female do a handrail before. And so that was awesome. I think after both of the way we rode that year, Jay offered uh, me a spot on his bike company to ride for his team, McNeil. And I was like, I thought you said girls can't ride bikes, (laughs) you know? So it was like a really awesome win. And and just kind of having his blessing, I think really helped me, um, he, I, I only agreed under the condition that he offered a female class to compete for BMX. At, so he had that contest I was talking about in Toronto. Mm-hmm. He also had a stop on the West Coast in Vancouver. But the, the amateur – like the one that we entered was only, only in Toronto. And he's like I, – I said, only I'll ride for you if you allow me to have like a girls contest. And he's like, okay, next event is in Vancouver. Make it happen. I'll fly you out. I was like, oh, my gosh, Awesome. So sure enough, like that was the beginning. I got all these girls. So I was like, dang, it's so hard to get everyone that lives in the tri-state area to go to like New Jersey. How am I going to get them to Vancouver? Oh, yeah, my right. Gosh. Does so, everyone have their passport? But Yeah, this is right before you needed passports. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Good point. Good point. That must be nice and easy. <laughs> yeah, a little bit easier then. A little bit easier. Yeah. So, uh, But that was awesome because for a lot of the girls, it was like their first big trip and going to another country. And, you know, like it was just the beginning of like, a bunch of other uh-huh. events to come and, and wild adventures for you know the girls to experience that's that is so stuff. cool that is that is so cool nina i love it this is such a fun uh fun little story we have um so like i guess like with so between then and now obviously a lot has happened obviously and be- between then and and really a before we get to the team usa stuff which i'm really excited about like what was it like i mean you you essentially grew up with the female side of the sport, right? Like a lot of people, and again, just going back to the internet, they attribute you for a lot. Like you've been a huge influence on a lot of people. Like, <laughs> you're making faces, but I mean, like, it's pretty true, man. I, like, I think it's super cool. So I mean, like, what is that? What does it mean to you that you pretty much helped? Like, obviously other people are involved and you're a humble person, so you're not going to take full, full credit. Um, but like, what, what was that like being able to kind of grow up with the sport and kind of see it happen literally right before your eyes like this like to now where it's going to be in the olympics next year it's amazing i i mean i even just to be a fly on the wall and then but still get to ride with everyone is so cool because like i said when i first started out riding there wasn't really besides like unless i drove to new jersey like i didn't have any other females to ride with you know so um the few of us in the beginning all became very tight and then like it was just this you know, I realized we couldn't, after I kept meeting more and more women, I, I realized like, well, maybe not all of us are going to be best friends, <laughs> you know, like just differences of uh-huh. people in general, yeah, yeah, yeah. but it was just something so special, it, you know, to, just to have that time together on a bike. And so just to be welcoming and encouraging and kind of share what I didn't have. I'm not saying the guys weren't welcoming, but there was just something special about like getting to ride for the women. And so, um, seeing where as far as it is now and just kind of always just I think it's just who I am too I just I love like once I found BMX it's like my family everywhere like if I see a bike rider pedaling down the street that I don't know I'm gonna say yo what's up and yell and try to stop and talk to him see mm-hmm. like hey like what brought you here like what are you doing in Austin you know well I know probably why they're here there's a lot of good stuff to ride but um <laughs> basically uh it's been really an amazing journey watching everything happen for women in BMX and trying to push for it and just seeing that there's like so much progression and like there's like a desire like a like just like how I you know I felt like I when I first started like I just wanted to be able to ride forever like 
I'm seeing so much of that in the younger generation and they're just, and they pushed it way further than I ever thought I could have. So it was just, it's been so cool. So I'm like their biggest fan watching this next generation push it and do things I've never thought I'd get to see a woman do on a bike. You know, like I've had a lot of injuries slow me down and it's just been like so awesome watching them get so much support. And, you know, now with the Olympic journey in USA cycling and they're, they're getting these resources for strength and conditioning, nutrition, sports psychology, like all these things that I didn't have when I first started. It's, it's really incredible. And not just in USA, but like all the other nations that are, uh, you know, have riders, female riders that want to compete in the Olympics, like they're able to get that support. So it's a beautiful thing. It is so cool. No, I love it. And again, it's just so interesting to be able to talk to someone. And, and I'm not going to sit here and tell you I've been the big, biggest BMX freestyle fan my entire life. I'm sure I've watched it on TV and I'm sure it was incredible and I loved it. But at the same time, as I said, it's just really just fantastic that I get to talk to somebody, a literal legend in the sport. Um, so I'm sorry that I, that I don't know as much about it as you'd probably love, but at the same time, hopefully we can get more people to watch it, especially with the Olympics coming up with it being there and, and being on, you know, as I said before, when we were speaking, it's on the biggest stage of sports, you know, how many billions of people watch the Olympics, like so many, and you're going to have little girls from all over the world being able to watch people like you, if not you, um, you know, compete. And I just think it's just so, so absolutely cool um, that, you know, you kind of, you, you, I'm not going to say you started it because there's always a beginning somewhere else, but, um, you know, being able to, to come from the very beginning and, 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 you know, see this all the way through, I just think is so incredible. Um, so let's actually talk about that a little bit. So joining Team USA. Um, we had a little bit of a discussion about that before as well. Um, sorry to everybody who didn't get to hear the discussion. It's pretty much everything we're going over now, so it's not that big a deal. But, um, you know, tell us tell us about, like, that process and what it looks like, because I know you said it, um, it took a little while for everything to kind of gel and figure itself out. So if you don't mind, I guess, just retelling the story you told before, because you did it so great the first time. Um, I'd love to hear it again. Yeah, no problem. So, uh, so freestyle, you know, it's like I was describing it earlier, uh, is like what it sounds freestyle. There's not really much structure. It's, um, you know, like our events, a lot of riders throw their own events, you know, and it, it, the rules are, you know, like whoever goes the fastest, highest, like on that day, like wins, you know, and there's not really like a, a point structure. Like, you know, like you got your judges, they could be your buddies drinking some beers. I don't know. It's just very loose. Yes. So then the UCI who has, you know, they, they are the governing body of cycling, ooh, the Olympics, you know, IOC goes through for um, sanctioning all the World Cups, you know. So for, now we're in our first ever Olympic cycle and um, we need a rule book. Oh, my gosh. Like, who would have thought? Like, how are they going to judge this? Like, how's everything going to work? So um, the first year they announced it, like, the first ever world championship it was going to be in Chengdu China and it was going to have equal prize money for women uh, and that was like 2016 I had to be there I was like no way I got to see this for myself so I go there and the UCI has well wait 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 let's we need to talk about the part where you crumpled up your piece of paper from oh okay uh, FISA right and you got a little angry at them for some of the things they did because that's a pretty important part of the story I think right Oh, true. Okay, so... Unless, uh, you know, it's being recorded, so... No, I'm kidding. Just tell it. It's fine. It's fine. All right. So, um, okay, I'll backtrack a little bit. So, uh, there wasn't a whole lot of events for women to compete. There was one contest series that was uh, over in France. Um, it was hosted by FIS, F-I-S-E, uh, the Feast World Contest Series. 
Um, and they offered a, a women's class. I thought that was super cool. I went to their event every year. And as someone who plans my own events for women, I'm always trying to make the next year's better. You know, like I'm already planning next year's, like by the end of the day, like, okay, that was awesome. But like, what are we going to do to make it grow? Um, so I worked really hard. Um, you know, myself and some of the other girls, we kept like trying to, not necessarily like lobby. We were gentle. We were always trying to bring suggestions and figure out ways like, okay, like we just came from the United States to France to compete at your event. Um, not that it's about prizes or anything, but like, nothing like no podium photo like so every now and then we get like lost in the cracks you know we're just like what happened like how did we like how did this happen you know i just i know they could do better so i'm like maybe they need help so i kept trying to offer my help and and it just like i don't know if it's a language barrier just a lot of communication it was just tough and they weren't really taking us that serious like they started off like awesome podium photos prize money like it seemed it was still not quite near like where the guys were as far as treatment but whatever like we were included we start there that's cool um but it got to a point where it was just they weren't even giving us they would like forget about our prizes and we'd all be standing around like well then who won <laughs> you know like what uh -huh. so we were bringing our own prizes doing our own media coverage like starting our own magazines and it just kind of became a headache so a lot of us agreed that we're just done you know flying ourselves out there asking people to ride for to for us to go someplace where we really don't get anything out of it you know mm -hmm. it's just like we get to see our friends from all over the world but that's it there's no so uh i just kind of like put, hung up my list of concerns and whatever so that, that was like early you know 2008 through 2011 i just stopped going then this younger wave of girl riders comes out and about and they start going to this contest again over at france i'm starting to see the coverage i'm like damn that's awesome okay like Love seeing the younger gen step it up and starting to get out there more. Um, and there's rumors of the that contest series trying to push to get freestyle in the Olympics. And I'm like, whoa, how are they going to do that without women? <laughs> you know, you, in order to make an Olympic sport, you need to have women. Um, I'm like, they should really maybe like go back to that list of concerns that I brought up. You know, I'm <laughs> trying to be gentle about it, but um, I really don't think any of the women should go unless they want to like start stepping it up to treat us a little better than they have at least. You know. If we're going to do that for freestyle, you know, like all these other riders are super hungry to get freestyle in the Olympics. Like they can't do it without us. So might as well get them on our side too. Uh, anyway, I would say typically we need like at least 20 women to show up, you know, like that's a good turnout. Um, they only had eight show up for like the one event that the IOC came out for and not a lot. So I didn't think they were going to pull it off, but somehow like, I don't know, the crowd attended, whatever, it all worked out. And they're like, all right, it's in, we're going we're gonna to do this. So they announced that it's official, freestyle is going to be Olympics. What? Oh, my gosh. So sure enough, the first meeting about this is at the world champion, the first ever world championship in China. I'm like, I got to get out there. There's no way. Like, if it's hosted by this series, I wonder how it's going to work, you know? Like, let's just go check it out. So uh, I make, you know, I hustle, I work a lot, I get myself out there. And sure enough, uh, the UCI is there. They're hosting it, and they have an election for the riders to nominate two athlete representatives, a male and a female rider. And um, so I'm like, oh, what do I have to lose? I put my name in the hat. You know, it's the same list of concerns from wherever I go. I win, and I'm now the UCI athlete representative for freestyle um, alongside Brian Nyquist, another awesome person who's been riding forever. So much contest experience. It's great. Um, so him and I are there now. We're going to be the ones sitting at the round table with the freestyle commission that's forming and 
trying to help write this alleged rule book that we're going to need moving towards the Olympics. So it's super exciting. Um, but also very crucial, you know, like what a big role to fill because Mm -hmm. we want to be careful. We want to make sure that this doesn't turn into like gymnastics where certain tricks are worth certain points. We want to maintain freestyle's integrity and, you know, make sure that the rider's concerns are addressed and that it's what they want, you know, the contest format, the scoring, the judging, you know, a lot of that stuff is very controversial and like can be screwed up. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yes. Yes. Yeah. And then, so realizing that the UCI has adopted the Beast World series, the contest that I really like was kind of bummed about like how our, our our past with the women's category, um, you know, it was interesting. And so instead of like bashing them, I was like, well, this is my chance to get to work with them. Mm -hmm. And, um, we've made so much progress and it's been really good and I'm really excited. And, uh, you know, every year we're just, the UCI has really been a great like mediator and, you know, the Olympics too, we're able to leverage a lot more quality, um, treatment, you know, mm-hmm. just mm-hmm. In- inclusion <laughs> no, in these I, events. I think it is so cool. Um, the, the fact that you got voted on, uh, by your peers, again, just going back to the fact that I was talking about before, uh, you're a literal legend, um, a living legend too, which is kind of cool. Still competing, still doing your thing. Um, I just think that is awesome. Um, and then, so when you, you actually, you had an interesting story with actually making it onto team USA. Was that at the event in China? Was that the first one when you might've broke a wrist or something like that? Yeah. So, okay, so the way this works, so the Feast World Series, they're now the World Cups, right? The last, so there was two weeks in China, right? And you had to go attend at least one of the World Cup stops to be able to compete at the World Championship. So thankful, thankfully for me, I was able to go to my first World Cup of the year the week before Worlds um, and in China. So it was like a two-for-one trip for me. So all I had to do was like make finals, and, or at least get a certain number of points on my rank. I needed a ranking to be able mm-hmm. to compete at the world. So, um, so day two in Chengdu, uh, out of 14 days, I crash and break my wrist, but it was in qualifying and I still did well enough, um, to make finals. So, um, I didn't know I broke my wrist. I knew I hurt it pretty bad and would just do what I could and taped it and I didn't get last. Someone else screwed up and I imagined my me like keeping it rubber side down, managed to like, Get some points. Figured it out. Got hey, little, you've done this rank, a couple yeah, times, so it's not too ranking. surprising. That's awesome. So I got a world ranking, and then okay, well, I got to do whatever I can to get myself good enough for next weekend. It's the worlds. <laughs> I'm like, holy crap, equal prize money. This is going to be wild. So um, thankfully, what's cool about freestyle is a lot of people have their own style of riding, and I'd like to think that I, you know, different bike setups too. Some people have things all pegs, you know, out of their axes, they could do tricks and grind. Um, I have a unique setup. Um, maybe it's a little old school, but it's different. You know, a lot of the girls are doing more air tricks and whatever. Everyone's got their own style. And the course, no one's seen the course yet. It's got a couple of common features. Um, I get there and I'm like, oh my gosh, this course is super fun, but I don't know what I'm going to do with this wrist. I can barely hang on. The, thankfully, one of the trainers there was like, look, here's what you do. You got to get points for USA. Like just let me tape it and just surf around, keep rubber side down, see if you can't like just do a couple of things. I don't know how to take it easy. I still rode really well. I did some things I probably shouldn't have done with my wrist, but I made finals. And, uh, next thing you know, I someone, someone else crashed really bad and I couldn't ride, didn't score. And then someone else crashed and somehow I don't finish last and I make, I make it in the top 10 
uh, to help qualify myself. Um, according to USA Cycling's um, tiers of support, I make it on the national team. So that was really exciting. Uh, I was like, whoa, my gosh, like, I almost didn't ride because I was like, eh, it's not worth it. Like, I hurt my wrist. Like, the lady's like, listen, you have a chance. This is the trainer talking to me. Uh -huh. She's like, you have a chance to represent USA out there. Like, I'm going to take you and you should just, what do you have to lose? If it's broken, it's still broken. Just don't make it worse. So I was like, oh, great, no pressure. Like, <laughs> yeah, right. Well, you can make <laughs> it kind of so worse. Glad so. I did. Yeah. yeah. So uh, I'm glad it didn't get worse and I was able to, you know, ride it out. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, it was really cool because no one really knew what that meant yet. They were mm -hmm. just like, okay, like I didn't even know I made the national team until uh, like I got home and then they actually published on USA Cycling's website how it works. Um, you can go there today and mm -hmm. look up USA Cycling, freestyle, national team, and it's, it's all like spelled out what you got to do to um, earn a spot. Starts off with getting a license to compete, which um, we never needed that before. Like I yeah. said, we were calling landlines to register for other BMX yeah. contests, you know, like to try to secure a spot and, you know, before the internet, whatever. And then now it's like, oh, this is legit. Okay. Get a license to compete in the anything UCI sanctioned. Cool. Got that. And, um, yeah, you needed a world ranking to compete at the Worlds and then, boom, on the team. There we go. Awesome. That is so cool. I mean, sincerely, like, again, just going – going back in time um to when you were 19 just like watching some people on dirt jumps like it's just so cool seeing the progression and being able to hear it and and getting to talk to you about it i just think it is just so interesting now you now you're literal like you're the head of the players association to make it like think of that like that is just crazy to me um that i mean you've you've done so much uh and it's it's just so so cool and i love it so thank you nina really uh this is absolutely fantastic i love it um so Couple questions. With you being the the athlete representative, what exactly does that job entitle? Like, what what entail? Like, what exactly are you deciding on? And it sounds like these competitions are going on. So, you do, like, are you deciding on how the judging works? Like, it sounds like all that is done. So, like, what exactly are you doing, or what have you done, and what will you be doing in the lead up to the Olympics? Okay, so UCI uh, has an athlete commission, which, uh, meets once a year. Um, and that's including all of it's the representatives, uh, from all of the disciplines of cycling okay. UCI host. So I've got like track cycling, road cycling, mountain bike, cyclocross, uh, BMX racing to name a few. And we, they, you know, they have like a big round table meeting and we've discussed concerns in the sport that across the board could be, you know, uh, anything from uh, safe sport, anti-doping, uh, concussion protocol, uh, any of those things. And then usually at the end, like last 20 to 30 minutes, there's usually time for each of us to raise a concern in our sport that, you know, could be mm -hmm. something that could be shared across the board at the next meeting, you know? And then, so then there's a freestyle uh, meeting that happens once, once or twice a year. And um, those meetings are really important meet with the freestyle commission i get to sit in on them and brian necklace actually has a seat on the freestyle commission and we i get you know if there's any rules that like so there was an initial rule book that got put out and i got to like say yay or nay or like oh what are you doing like that doesn't that's not necessary you don't need that you know or something regarding the uniforms you know like things like that like with the olympics there's a lot to learn mm -hmm, about what mm -hmm. goes into it um and so uh 
yeah, it's, it's just the contest format, the writers, what they prefer. Like that's, I'm going to be the voice that like also speaks up at these meetings when we get the chance to. Um, so like, at, let's say like the first, the first year, 2017, it was like a lear big learning curve for, you know, the piece, the World Cup series to figure out like, and for the writers too, like they voted for, or they pushed, they, they said, hey, we want like best run counts. But then like we kept seeing, or instead of the average of two runs, and that's your score for qualifying. And like we saw someone get like the highest score of the contest, but then their second run, like they got a flat tire. So it brought them out of the qualifying spot, you know? So they're mm -hmm. like, all right, well, that doesn't work for us, but it might work for someone else. So there was a lot of that kind of dancing around where we had time before we like ironed out yeah, yeah, what yeah. the actual rule book is. So anyway, so my role is to voice the athlete's concern as we figured it out through that first year year 2017 and then 2018 yeah there's been more learns and and just like pushing these to you know include the women more and keep addressing all the concerns and my, my list is still going you know and um yeah it's been interesting like just little things and now like it's pretty smooth it's like a, a becoming a well-oiled machine you know everyone knows what to expect um always working on improving communication and uh, you know, we all need communication planning for like we're traveling across the world to attend these world cups in different countries. Some of them you need visas and you know, or maybe you want to bring your own food. Like it's nice to have those heads up for things. So as mm -hmm. an athlete representative, like as riders come across concerns or, you know, things that happen off of their bike outside of competition, it's just cool to have that open communication with mm -hmm. the riders. Very cool. Yeah. And that, that makes sense. I mean, of course, whenever you implement something so seismic, I guess, if I could use that word into a sport or, or culture, um, you're, there's going to be growing pains. Like that's, it's just kind of a necessity that way. That way you can actually find out what does work. And it sounds like over the last few years, you and, and, um, you know, the, the, the commission, you guys have been able to have that open communication and effective communication to the point where, yeah, it's starting to get to some place where everyone can kind of understand it and feel it and see it. Um, so that makes life a heck of a lot easier. So that's awesome. So thank you for doing that too. Um, and then what is the qualifying process? And I'm going to say that with the understanding that you're probably making it easier for yourself to qualify for the games? Question mark? Because you can kind of make those? No, I'm kidding. What, um, what is the qualification process like to be represent Team USA, Team Canada, Team Great Britain? How does that work for uh, BMX Freestyle? Uh, for the upcoming coming 2020 games? So this is where it gets a little tricky uh, because each uh, country's or each nation's cycling federation or governing body, like ours in USA is USA Cycling. Mm -hmm. uh, British Cycling would be Great Britain. And, you know, they each have their own uh, protocol for how okay. you can do that. Like, okay. maybe the then, coaches, yeah. Mm -hmm. So yeah, like well, in, Team USA then, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, so uh, like in the other countries, some of them can just like pick people they want, you know, and in USA, uh, basically you need to attend a world cup. Uh, first you need a license to compete with your local, uh, your nation's governing body. Um, and then from there you'll have to attend either a C1 event or some, some sort of, you have to get a ranking is really what the step is. Um, and obviously the world cups are worth way more points. Um, and once you get, a world ranking um it's listed out on usa's website if you if your world ranking at the end of year is uh or if you i think so there's three type three tiers of support there's gold silver and bronze and if you want to get if you're in the top 
spot, obviously, like Hannah Roberts, for example, she's number, you know, national number one, world number one. She uh, gets the gold support. Um, USA Cycling offers salary, health insurance, and all, like, basically, like, the whole mm-hmm. set of resources, uh, strength and conditioning, sports psychology, all cool stuff. Access to the training centers. That's for the gold support. Then silver is, like, maybe less salary health insurance. It's still up there. Like, they mm-hmm. really mm-hmm. take care of you. And then there's bronze support, which uh, is if you finish – um, anywhere in the top 10, I believe, um, at the, either at the world's or as your final world ranking, you qualify for that support and access to the training centers. And it's like, there's no salary, uh, but if they're able to, in their yearly budgets, they'll give you ground support at some of the world cups and, um, you know, it's anything helps. Mm-hmm. Basically what is kind of tough is that a lot of us, even though we're part of Team USA, are self-funded. Um, you know, we have to get ourselves to the stops. So it can be a little tricky, um, you know, for some of us, but it is really exciting just to be a part of the journey and like get to experience like going to the training centers and having these resources. Like I, like I said, growing up, like I didn't have access to all that mm-hmm. when I got into bikes. So. Mm-hmm. And then, so how, cool. how do you make the Olympics? Like what is, is it the top 10 athletes from around the world, one from every country or multiple athletes per sport? Like how exactly is that being, um, figure it out so for freestyle they're take they offered nine spots for women and nine spots for men in tokyo 2020 okay so um the country the nation with the most amount of points at the end of this year i believe potentially will be able to bring two riders out of the nine spots and with tokyo being the host country i believe japan will get an automatic in i Mm -hmm. think that was something they were Mm -hmm. anyway so uh, USA is currently leading the points race, so they'll potentially be able to bring two riders and one alternate, um, which is really exciting because right now there's like six of us or seven of us of, with USA, so mm-hmm. it's it's pretty exciting. Like anything can happen in freestyle, you know. Like, so um, it's just really cool to be a part of this process. But so maybe two of us will get to go from mm-hmm. USA, uh, mm-hmm. but uh, it would be the next. Uh, countries with the most amount of points like going down the list that would be able to uh, compete in Tokyo mm-hmm. okay. up, up to the ninth spot. Yeah, 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 yeah. That makes sense. That makes sense. And yeah, Japan, I'm pretty sure the host country gets like a spot in just about all the sports, if not all of them, just because, hey, they're hosting us, right? We, we, they, it's their house. You know, we can let them do what they want. Um, so where, Nina, what are the chances that we get to see you in the 2020 Olympic Games out in Tokyo next July. Oh my gosh. Well, either way, I'd like to still go and attend. So that's I true. Like that's true. Be, but I want to watch I, you yeah. on TV. I think that would be really cool, right? <laughs> yeah, that would be really cool. Um, I'm working hard. I'm coming back from an injury mm-hmm. and I'm, you know, I've been working hard to get back and come back stronger. So I don't know. I don't, we'll I'm not good with the, the numbers and the odds because uh, <laughs> I believe in fate, but I'm hoping for the best. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I hope, I hope you do make it, Nina. That is incredible. Um, and then just the last thing that I want to ask about, um, one thing I always ask, and it's, uh, I don't know if, if I, I mean, I can say it, but like BMX freestyle is definitely not a traditional sport in any sense of the word, right? Like there, it's not really, it's definitely, it's out there. It's a sport. You're athletes. It's incredible. I can never do it. So, you know, you keep doing your thing and I'll sit on my couch and eat popcorn. But um, eventually at some point, athletes, it's a biology thing. Like the, the body just doesn't hold up as long as you'd like it to. What is like, not to say you'd ever obviously stop 
writing or you'd ever stop, you know, doing the thing you love. But what is the, I guess, what's the next step? Like, where is, where is the next step for Nina after, you know, once, once you really can't compete in these competitions anymore, um, physically, like what, is there anything that you're looking to do afterwards or is that just kind of, Hey, when it happens, it happens. You know, I, if this happens every time I get hurt, I'm like, Oh my gosh. Oh no. <laughs> you know, no, like I, it's uh-huh. what you think about, you know? Yeah. Like, yeah. Um, I mean, I'm technically, I'm like the oldest female competing right now. Um, you know, 38, some of these women are like less than half my age and you know, I'm on the podium with them. You know, it's, it's really awesome. exciting. Uh-huh. It's so cool to be able to like ride with them still. But, um, yeah, I honestly like, I mean, I think I'm, my goal is to always be able to ride, but obviously I think my goals need to change and evolve as I figure out what is next. Um, mm-hmm. Hey, you know, I still love growing my score. I love giving back. I'm always trying to get more women and, you know, encouraging them to pick up a bike and not just women, but riders, people. Cycling is amazing. You know, I, I've found some other loves with other types of cycling, mountain biking and road biking. And, um, you know, my love for bikes, uh, you know, they're not as different as you think, uh, the different types of cycling. Yeah, they all have something in common. Um, and I'm hoping to still uh, be able to grow cycling. I general. love it. Keep so pushing that's, it. That's where I'll be. I'll still be here. I'll be riding. Absolutely. <laughs> I'll come visit you down in your uh, your coffee shop in Austin, Texas. How's that sound? <laughs> um, awesome. Well, Nina, thank you so much. One more time. Nina Butrago, right? Butrago. Let's roll the R a little bit. USA mm-hmm. Cycling 2020 Olympic hopeful, all around incredible person. Nina, thank you so much. This was a blast. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for listening to this episode with Nina. As I said, she's an awesome person. Getting to hear her story, what she's been through, what she's up to, what she's going to do is incredible. Obviously, hearing how much the people in her sport respected her to become the athlete representation um, for her for her governing body is just absolutely incredible. So very excited, very grateful that I had the opportunity to talk to her. But also, I think it's going to be incredible if she now gets to go into the Olympics and do the thing that she's loved her entire life in front of the entire world, 3 billion people. It's going to be pretty darn cool. Please follow Nina on all her social medias. Please give this show a five-star review. Please follow me on all my social medias too at ourathletes.us on Instagram, at ourathletesusa on Twitter, Michael Rozeal on LinkedIn, Michael at ourathletes.us on emails. Um, check out the website, www.ourathletes.us. Thank you all so much for listening. Sincerely appreciate it, and I hope you make it a wonderful day.